you asked me to make a herbicide resistant, I would tell you keep spraying the same weed with the same herbicide every year. You know, that's, I suppose, really what how resistance occurs. So to prevent resistance, we do the opposite to that. So, you know, it's alternating herbicides. The glorious weather over the past few days is welcomed by farmers and also growing crops. All crops are moving through growth stages quickly and many jobs are starting to stock up on farms. For tillage crops, it's either an all-in or not at all in terms of management. Farmers cannot afford to do a half or mediocre job as a poor job will impact yield and profitability only comes when yields are high. Weed control is one such job and this must be achieved to a 98% or more control of weeds, not only for the crop in question, but also to reduce the seed bank in the long term. You are listening to the latest episode of The Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. We would really appreciate it if you could listen, follow and give us a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm joined by Kieran Collins, Shay Phelan, both tillage specialists in Chagas and also Vijay Bhaskar, a weeds researcher in Chagas, to chat about weed control options in spring crops. Kieran, I want to come to you first. Spring barley is moving through the growth stages quite quickly, but are, are there many of the later sown crops ready for weed control at the moment? Uh, just coming on it, Michael, I suppose we have kind of a, a tree stage sowing this year. We had some very early ones there in, in the end of February, early March, and then we had some around Easter. And I suppose the majority that were sown then, you know, in April, and I presume these are the ones we're talking about now because the other two would have their weeds controlled at this stage. So um, a lot of those crops are coming to the four or five leaf stage at this stage of the crop. And we are seeing a nice spread of weeds in these. So these are either being sprayed or a lot of them are ready to be sprayed there at the moment, Michael. Okay. And uh, I, I just see locally there's a good few farmers out there after um, rolling crops only recently, maybe over the last couple of days. What sort of consideration should be taken into account between rolling and maybe applying a weed uh, herbicide? Yeah, I suppose we just have to bear in mind that, you know, when we're applying a herbicide to a weed, we're trying to apply the herbicide or the best effect will become from spraying an actively growing weed. So if, a, you know, if a weed has been rolled or, or damaged by wheel tracks or that, you certainly need to that to recover you know so ideally you'd be spraying the weeds and possibly rolling afterwards but if it's rolled you just need to give it enough time to recover fortunately enough there's good growth at the moment so possibly a week or 10 days and 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 you know they should be ready for spraying then i would think okay and, and what would be regarded kieran as, as a, a standard weed control strategy in spring barley look i suppose at this stage really the basics are a sulfonylurea um, would be normally the base or the, the central part of, of any good herbicide program at this stage. And then you're talking about adding a suitable mixer product. So it's important to use two actives for a start because, um, you know, that certainly reduces the risk the resistance risk and that partner to the sulfonylurea then I suppose you're always kind of looking at it in terms of targeting what weeds are in the field so maybe that might be chickweed that might be speedwells or fume trees ground cells typical weeds that you're going to see so you know a good broad spectrum partner is what would be advised really and then the rates I suppose would be the other thing just to make sure that you know that the rates of the herbicide used are appropriate to the weed size in the field so you know there is scope when you're spraying small all actively growing weeds to reduce rates, but just to make sure that the rate is high enough to control the weed that you're after. So when you're talking about Kieran, uh, sulfur and urea, are you talking about uh, Ali Max, Cameo Max, that kind of thing? And when you're talking about a mixer, are you talking about the likes of maybe a Jubilee or a Galaxy or something like that? Am I on the right? 
Yeah, hundred percent, Michael. So the sulfonylureas, as you say, they would be the typical ones that you you mentioned there. And then we're we're very fortunate, like you know, we we do have a good range of of, of products with a good mix of actives. You know, so you mentioned Galaxy there. You have the Arlex based ones, very good as well. And you still have the old hormone types, which like CMPP, which is it's just still used in places. So you know, as I say, it's just really picking the mix that's appropriate to the weeds that you you kind of have in the field, really. Okay. And what about the inclusion of wild oats in that scenario? Could can, can you put it in together, put it all into one big mix, or do you need to sequence that out of it? Yeah, you can, certainly. Um, I suppose, look, you know, you, you can use the, the wild oat herbicide, which is generally going to be axial, I suppose, or to just use that example, that can be mixed with 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 the sulfonylurea and, and, and a partner product, not not a hormone. So you're avoiding the, the hormones in that scenario. But, you know, certainly like the gal- galaxies, Pixaro, Zypers, any of those. Uh, the only consideration there is that the rate must be uh, at a minimum of 0.6 of a litre per hectare. That's the only that's the only stipulation there, really. Okay, and would you have any issue or worry about um, the wild oats if they're not up at the moment? Again, I suppose, look, when we sow a seed, they're generally all sown at the same depth. Obviously, that's not the case for wild oats. So some will come at the same depth depth as the barley that you've planted but some will will come from shallower but I suppose the worry that you raise there is some coming from uh, deeper you know so certainly you'd always like if you had your your bar whatever growth stage your barley would be at sometimes the wild oats the later ones can be a growth stage or two behind so just leaving that little bit of time I think really once you get to the four to five leaf stage of the barley crop you're generally safe enough with, with with wild oats at that stage. The, the only place that you might consider delaying a little bit later is where you have maybe something like canary grass, which can be a little bit slower in, in, in establishing sometimes. But then you have to balance that with coverage. We really, really need good coverage. So the, la- the longer you delay, you're reducing coverage. And that's obviously going to you know impact on, on control. And when you mean coverage, that's that's the herbicide being able to penetrate through the crop all the way down to the weed at the base of the crop. Is that it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, once the the crop starts to tiller and cover the ground, you know, you're you're dealing with a narrow leaf weed, and it's particularly with canary grass, I suppose, and wild oats. You know, and that that's a difficult target to hit. So you're just trying to find that sweet spot there, which I think is probably maybe four to five leaf stage at least of the barley, but before it starts to tiller out you know when you start waiting until fungicide timing you know you have a lot of cover there and your control won't be as good okay shay just to bring you in and, and karen mentioned a little bit up there about uh, herbicides and 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 matching the herbicides to the different weeds that you have in the field is it a case that some of the herbicides are just really unable to control the weeds whereas maybe a weed may become resistant to a different herbicide or maybe resistant to that herbicide. How would you describe that difference? Yeah, you're right, Michael. I mean, not every product is going to control every weed. And I suppose that's the key point in what Kieran was saying there and about mixing and matching and, and picking products that are suitable for whatever scenario you happen to be in. If you take something like, say, for example, Cameo Max as an example, right? So Cameo Max is a, as a sulfonylurea has a very broad spectrum range of weeds that it controls, but it doesn't control everything. So if you take something like cleavers, for example, it never controlled cleavers or was never designed to control cleavers. So if you put out Cameo Max into a field and you saw cleavers afterwards, you'd say, yeah, look, that's what we expected. You're not going to get control of it. But I suppose from the point of view of what you, that's why you would put in a mixture product, something like a hurler type product or the old starin as we used to know years and years ago. And the Feroxapart does control cleavers. So that's why you would put in that to control that. 
But I suppose if you move it on, then you're asking, what's the difference between that and then resistance or how we know the difference? We know from when the products were launched that that's what they were designed to control. So we knew that Cameo wasn't designed to control fevers, whereas whereas um, Earler is. But if you take something like poppies uh, or chickweed, uh, at when when um, Cameo Max was designed first, it was designed to control chickweed. But I suppose over time, probably through misuse and overuse and maybe reducing rates, what we're finding now or we have found is that chickweed now is not being controlled by Cameo Max. Um, so in that case, we have developed resistance to that weed uh, towards Cameo Max by the misuse or overuse, whatever you want to call it, of that product over a long number of years. So that's the difference really, Mike, in terms of why doesn't why aren't we getting control of one weed uh, when we used to get control of another weed? And that's the difference really between them. And Jay, practically in a field, when a farmer applies a, a herbicide and uh, the weeds weren't controlled, how, how does the farmer know that that's resistance or that's um, you know tolerance? I suppose it was already there. Well, the first thing you should look or they should look at is the label of the herbicide that's used. So, for starters, if the product or the weed that you have that you're looking at is not on that list of controlled weeds, then you know that that herbicide was never really designed to control that weed in the first place. However, like I say, if it's a poppy or a chickweed and you've looked at the Cameo Max label, it actually suggests on the label that it will control those weeds. All right. So that's the first protocol. The other thing you will look notice then is that the weed is continually growing. It's not stopping growing. Um, Cameo Max are those sulfonylurea type products. They kind of bonsai the weed and stop them from growing over time. But if they're resistant, they will continue to grow and they continue to get bigger and throw flowers at the end of their cycle. So that's how you'll know that the, the product, um, even though it was supposed to control it, is now controlling it. And then, then, then that, that shows you how, that it's resistant. And I suppose maybe there, there, there's another element to it as well as in, you know, I mean, with the best will in the world for lots of farmers, things go wrong. Um, rates go wrong, temperature is wrong, the, uh, maybe the amount of product that went in, the tank is wrong. There's a few different pieces that, that it mightn't have worked terribly well in the first place. Um, but would you agree that there's uh, maybe a scenario if you see uh, on a field some weeds that are controlled extremely well, sitting beside weeds that haven't been controlled at all? It's probably a reasonable. Exactly. That's an, it's another key sign that some not every weed is going to be resistant at the same time. So there will be populations within the field quite often that are controlled. Uh, and quite often it's very difficult to make distinctions between, you know, sometimes, if, as you say, if thing, something goes wrong in the tank or something goes wrong, there'll be regular patterns in the field. Whereas where you have a resistant plant that can exist side by side in the same tram line or in the same spray pass. So you can have weeds that are controlled, similar weeds that are controlled, or the same species of weed that's controlled side by side, the same species that's not controlled. And that's real, real um, definitive um, evidence that you have resistance. Okay. And so you're out there walking a good few fields across the country. What What's the most common weeds that you're seeing that are resistant out there? Um, chickweed is probably the big one, Michael. Um, up our neck of the woods, there's probably a good bit of poppy as well that's starting to become resistant. Um, down in the south of the country, I think there's probably a bit more corn marigold that's well that's well flagged at this stage. Uh, that's still a problem out there. So they're probably the three most common ones that I'm seeing at the moment in terms of broadleaf weeds. Um, obviously the grass weeds. Then there's there's issues there with with the likes of um, Italian ryegrass and black grass as well. So there are issues as well out there. Okay, Vijay, I want to bring you in here at this point. Vijay, you're 
researching uh, weeds now in, in in Oak Park and you're looking at a lot of resistance um, developing or resistance testing, I suppose, of these weeds. Um, in terms of the herbicide resistance that you're carrying out some of the broadleaf weeds, have you confirmed any cases as yet? So, uh, so Michael, as with the uh, grass weed resistance, resistance in broadleaf weeds is also on the rise. Uh, since ALS herbicide forms the back, uh, the, the uh, you know, the basis for most uh, broadleaf weed control program. So to answer your question, uh, yes, we have started a screening for broadleaf weed resistance. We have located uh, two cases of poppy from uh, Meath and Kildare, and they were resistant to all uh, ALS SU type herbicides, the likes of Ali uh, and Camiomax. We also found a low level of resistance to another ALS chemistry, fluorosilum, which is used in uh, which is uh, which is uh, which is included in a Boxer or uh, uh, Broadway Star, and uh, the population were also resistant to hormone type uh, uh, herbicide 24D. And Vijay, how resistant are these weeds? I mean, is it just the fact that if you put a full rate on, it won't control it terribly well, or or, or are they more resistant than that? Uh, uh, Michael, they, they they were extremely resistant. So following our dose response experiment, 100% of the plants uh, survived uh, eight times the field rate, which is well above the legal limit for farmer use of all ALS SU herbicides. And this resistance uh, was due to target site mutation. So so I, I suppose uh, Poppy with a long uh, seed bank. Uh, it is unlikely that an ALS type only herbicide will ever be active again uh, to control poppy in those uh, problem fields. And, uh, you know, to make worse, uh, one of the one of the resistant uh, poppy form also has ACKs and the ALS resistant blackgrass. So it's um, it's as good as pouring water on them. They're just really not ALS uh, chemistry or amios, or, uh, Ali cameos, those kind of ones. They're really just not going to control those cases that you have confirmed. No, no, the ALS type uh, herbicide uh, won't have any control. But what we have found is that uh, as, uh, products like Zypar, which has uh, fluorosulum and uh, new chemistry Arilex, they 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 are highly they were highly effective. Okay, so there's still something in the army exactly. there. In terms of the grass weed control, VJ, and I know you've done a lot of testing on grass weeds in terms of resistance. How worried should growers be around uh, spring crops, or is it is it a bit less than winter crops? Spring wild oats, uh, I suppose, is a major problem in spring cereal and non-cereal break crops, the likes of oil seed ray, beans, uh, 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 and so on. And we have uh, uh, we have found three types of resistant patterns with the wild oats so far. Uh, uh, we have a population that were resistant across all ACKs actives with the likes of axial used in wheat and barley, graminicides, falcon, or stratus used in oil uh, in non-cereal break crops. And the, uh, out of out of the total uh, population, we tested a thirty five percent were uh, were uh, were uh, cross resistant to all ACKs actives, and we also have a wild oat field population uh, 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 resistant to only axial and falcon, and we have wild oat population resistant to falcon only. Um, so we haven't detected any resistant to ALS specifica and Broadway star, but they can be used only in uh, winter wheat. Uh, uh, I suppose, uh, like Kiran and Shay mentioned, uh, the, the other problem weed is canary grass, which is particularly uh, difficult to control in a continuous spring crop. And uh, I suppose axial at a full label rate would be uh, would be effective in controlling uh, a susceptible population of both wild oats and canary grass. That large population of canary grass is present. I suppose a maximum rate is uh, needed. So it's often the case, Vijay, where um, and what you're saying there is that there's a good bit that there is a note that there's certainly wild oats that are resistant out there that's what is that about 20 percent of the population am i correct remembering uh, that give or take of what you've tested it's around 20 to 25 percent population were resistant okay so uh, i suppose the thing about it is is that if a, if a farmer knows that it's resistant in the likes of spring barley but but there's now um let's just say there's beans in that field this year 
Is it a case that the, the farmer can just go in and use a graminicide, the likes of Falcon or, or or one of those, and he'll be okay? Or is there is there more to be considered? So, yeah, I, I think it is necessary to assess the control in break crop and use an appropriate graminicide, like you mentioned, the Falcons and Status Ultra, and they should go with the, with the, with the, with the full label rate uh, so that uh, they can uh, control the susceptible uh, population of uh, either spring wild doors or canary grass. But you're saying there's a little bit of cross resistance between axial and some of those graminicides. Is there any any other choices in there that, that uh, where, where we found the resistance to axial and falcon, uh, the, the status ultra is still effective, and it's not like uh, because uh, you know, the weed uh, has developed resistance to one herbicide, it doesn't mean that uh, it will be resistant across all the herbicides. So uh, that's why resistant testing is very critical. But uh, what we found uh, with the population, like uh, uh, the ones that are resistant to axid and falcon, still status ultra uh, was effective. And we can also go with the ALS herbicide, but only in winter wheat. Okay, so the go so the go to one if you have problems on in in selected spring barley is stratus ultra. Is that's the go to go to product in terms of controlling those wild oats in the likes of um, beans? Exactly, for exactly. Okay, so when we talk then about VJ, um, and a final question to you, just in terms of the um, trying to figure out if uh, the population on a farmer's field is actually herbicide resistant, are we testing any of those? Are we continuing to test those? Uh, Michael, I, uh, as you might know, Workpark uh, uh, offers a free resistant testing service to test all uh, suspect uh, grass and broadleaf weeds. But uh, particularly, uh, we ask growers to pay attention to fields with, uh, with the likes of black grass. All uh, should be considered as suspect. Um, uh, I mean, herbicide resistant suspect. And uh, the fields with the Italian ryegrass, all must be considered as a uh, suspect. And uh, also the fields with the wild oats, uh, and, uh, bromes, or even annual meadowgrass. And the, the likes of broadleaf weeds, like Shay and Kiran mentioned, uh, chickpea, poppies, corn marigold. We, we, are, we, we will be able to test all the populations. Okay, you're in the market to test everything. Whatever is out there, you, you, you'll have a go Exactly. And growers and uh, uh, growers or advisors who wants to uh, submit the sample, they just need to follow three simple steps. So they have to collect the ripe seed and uh, the seeds that easily fall off the panicle for grass weeds. And uh, when it comes to broadleaf weeds, we need uh, ripe seeds. And then uh, um, they need to uh, they need to send us a sufficient quantity so we will be able to test every weed with all label herbicides that have active uh, activity on that weed. And the, the most important step is to fill out uh, the uh, the testing form with as much as information so that we can understand the reasons for any variation in sensitivity. And even if the growers want us to collect the sample, just contact us, uh, contact us, and we will be able to uh, sample their field population. And just I suppose to temper people's expectations, this is not a quick process. There's a it's a it's a it's a plant that needs to be grown, and then there's spraying to be done afterwards, and counting to be done afterwards. How long? Would it take, give or take, for a farmer to get a result back? Uh, Michael, most of the grass weed have a dormancy period. So uh, as soon as the sample come in, we won't be uh, testing the sample straight away. So we will, uh, we will, uh, uh, the do- dormancy breaking itself uh, is going to take uh, four to seven weeks uh, at least. And then uh, to test, uh, test uh, because we, we, at the moment, uh, we use a glasshouse seed testing. Um, so we, uh, we have, uh, we, uh, the spraying will be done at uh, two to three leaf stage and the assessment will be done uh, um, uh, around 35 days after spray, uh, after spraying. So roughly, we are talking about three, three to four, uh, you know, three to four uh, months uh, uh, minimum to know the status of the population. 
Okay, depending on the level of of, of samples. Yeah, you get but, in. but what okay. we are trying to do is that we are developing a petri dish assay, so it cannot be tested for all the weeds and all the herbicide type. But it is a it is a quick test, and we can get the result uh, within fourteen days. So which will be uh, which will help uh, farmers immensely, and we are we are working on it, and uh, we are going to pilot it uh, with this year's sample. Okay, geez, that's great news if we get something back that fast. Kieran, can I bring you back in there? Just in terms of the resistance on some of the on farms, I know it's on some farms, but maybe not all farms. From a farmer using herbicides, from the perspective of kind of best use, what's your advice in terms of trying to prevent that resistance building up over time? Michael, I'm going to answer the question in a different way to the way you asked it. If you ask me to make a herbicide resistant, I would tell you keep spraying the same weed with the same herbicide every year. You know, that's, I suppose, really what how resistance occurs. So to prevent resistance, we do the opposite to that. So, you know, it's alternating herbicides. And I suppose then to alternate herbicides, we really need to alternate crops. So crop rotation is probably the best real way of preventing resistance because then, you know, like Vijay said when he was talking about wild oats, you know, you have maybe limited options in spring barley and then you switch to maybe, you know, beans or beet or something like that. And you have a, you know, you're using a different herbicide group. So I think it's really crop rotation is probably the key one, but certainly it's all around alternating herbicides and not relying on the same herbicide every year to control the weed you're after, you know. But I suppose the, the, the thing I suppose that, that that probably comes back to me a little bit is that um, maybe there's a, a little bit of uh, more knowledge needed, perhaps. We talked about earlier, we talked about Ali, uh, Ali Max, we talked about Cameo Max. Uh, uh, I think Broadway Star has also been brought up in the conversation. Pacifica might have been brought up. There's pre-site, there's a whole heap of various different, different chemicals with lots of different names. From a farmer's point of view, rotating those chemistries, is that good enough? Or is there more knowledge needed to know what is what's the core chemistry behind them? Well, yeah, I suppose like all those products you mentioned are from from the same family. So they're not really going to 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 help prevent resistance. So when I say alternating herbicides, I mean alternating herbicide families for different groups of, of chemicals. So again, that's why I say that, you know, Cameo Max or Presite Max or Harmony, you know, they're all sulfonylurea. So like we said earlier, it's that mixing partner so that you have an alternative method of control there. And then, you know, the 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 changing the the cropping which will bring you into maybe different other other herbicide groups. I mean, that's really the key to it. It's it's use different herbicide groups all the time. Okay, and don't don't rely completely on your agronomist to to, to know all that because they're walking an awful lot of crops. So it's, uh, I, I think I heard it I heard it nicely said by by a, a researcher who is uh, been in the game for an awful long time. You have to own your own weeds because you're the one who created them. I always think that's that, that's a pretty good one. Shay, I'm going to leave the final word with you. Um, Shay, just in terms of these late planted spring barley crops, I think everything needs to go perfect. It needs to be almost like a Cinderella kind of year for a lot of those crops to achieve a very high yield and, and, and hence uh, some sort of a margin. Is there any scope, as we're talking about weed control, is there any scope to reduce the costs of weed control on the farm? And if not, is there somewhere else that people should be targeting instead? It's a conundrum for most people, Michael, that... Uh, a, you try to grow a crop as best you possibly can, and weed control is, is central to that. Um, in terms of reducing costs, look, what we've mentioned already, or Kieran has mentioned already in terms of, you know, the capacity to where you can actually reduce rates 
for the likes of sulfonyries if you have if you have small growing weeds. I suppose again the key thing is to look at the spectrum that you're dealing with. So to me, wild oats is non-negotiable. They're going to take a lot of uh, yield potentially from the crop if there's wild oats in the in the field. So that would be my number one concern. If you have a field that has a lot of wild oats, I think you have to control them. You don't have a choice because they're not just a weed for this year, they're a weed for every year. So that would be my first first port of call. Uh, other weeds say like cleavers, something similar. If you have a field that's bad with cleavers, they're very good at robbing yield from crop and pulling down the crop close to harvest. And especially on those late sowing crops, they're going to be late harvested. So you'd need them standing when you come to harvest them. So cleavers would be another one that I would say is non-negotiable. But some weeds like maybe something like groundsel, uh, even poppies, although they might look uh, poor in the crop, um, you know, they're not, they're not, terribly yield robbing so i suppose if you wanted to be really tight about it and cut costs some of those lower yield robbing weeds would be probably ones that i wouldn't be as, as concerned about that said something like charlock or something like that which will grow very very quickly would be something that i would would try and control but therein is the issue that if you're going after one of those weeds you're probably going to have to end up covering a lot of the money with the same products so, so really so, there is so timing so timing and, and, timing and the big size thing. is probably yeah, the, the key the big issue there is it yeah yeah so in terms of cutting out herbicides i don't think there's really much scope it's about getting in early on those really small cut leadings the first two leaves control them at that stage you can reduce your rates mix in a mixer product um, and there are plenty of gener- generics out there that are at lower value or lower cost as well so i would say looking at those rather than taking out or not putting on a herbicide is the way i would go okay shay thank you very much for your time and also to to kieran and vj i am really delighted you could join us for this um, it's, it's certainly been a, a good in-depth look at some of the weed control issues on in spring cereals, I suppose, more so than anything else and some of the resistance issues. And I suppose just to re- reiterate Vijay's point there for anybody um, that uh, if you have weeds that you're finding very difficult to control, you're better to have the knowledge as regards the herbicide resistance of that weed uh, so you can actually put together strategies in the future. So uh, do keep an eye on them and uh, gather up some samples and send them in here to Vijay in Oak Park. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time again. Thank you, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. So that's it for this week. And my thanks to Shay, Kieran and Vijay for joining me on the show. Finally, don't forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, then recommend it to a friend or colleague. And as always, rate, review and follow on Apple or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.